It's time for the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast presented by Sloan. I'm your host, Ryan Dempster, and today I'm joined by former starting pitcher of 19 seasons, folks. That's right. The big left-hander, CC Sabathia is on with us. Special stuff right here. You're not going to want to miss it. But first, I've got to tell you about Sloan's no-touch hand-washing technology. State-of-the-art, second to none, couldn't come at a better time. Sloan is truly in a league of their own. So we want to thank them for providing that technology to people out there so we can wash our hands and stay safe. Well, I was worried about this guy when he was at the plate. A lot of people worried about him when he was on the mound. Going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. 251 wins, 3,093 strikeouts, a Cy Young, six-time All-Star. That's right. Let's go get it and go off the mound with CC Sabathia. How's retirement treating you, CC? You know what? I love it, Dip. I should have retired five years ago, bro. I don't know what I was doing, man. I'm <laughs> loving, I'm loving life right now. <laughs> uh, what are you up to in retirement? What's keeping you busy? I know you're doing the uh, R2C2 podcast, which yeah. is really, really awesome. Um, where can people go to listen to that? Because that's great stuff that you're doing there. Thank you. Yeah, me and Ryan have been doing R2C2 now since 2017. Um, this is a lot of fun. Me and him have, like, great chemistry. So um, it's fun to, like, bounce stuff, you know, sports stuff back and forth and, you know, culture stuff. We, we watch a lot of the same type of TV. So um, it's really fun doing the podcast. It's just, you know, sitting there talking and kind of hanging out and giving your opinion. Um, as far as the rest of my life during quarantine, I mean, during uh, retirement, um, it's just I got the four kids. I got a, a junior in high school, a freshman in high school, a seventh grader and a fourth grader. So we're pretty busy, man. My oldest is a, a baseball player. So he's flying all across the country, playing these perfect game tournaments and different things and, you know, starting to vi- visit colleges and stuff. So that's exciting to be, you know, home and to be here for this part of his journey. Um, it's been a blessing. And, you know, uh, my girls dance and my youngest, he just, you know, he loves sports, but he's not he's not like uh Super, super competitive, like my oldest, or like how we were, like, you know, live and die yeah. with the wins and losses. He just loves to be out there and socialize. So that's just kind of refreshing to kind of be with him and, you know, just just have the fun of sports and not so much the stress of, you know, my oldest trying to get to college or working out and different things like that. So um, it's been a lot of fun. I, I've really been enjoying uh, my time as a retired baseball player and as a dad. So like I said, I should have did this four or five years ago. <laughs> I know. I've never thrown so much BP. Uh, done so many dance parties, uh, learned how to do ponytails, like just everything you're doing as a dad. That's so <laughs> awesome to hear that because that's what it's all about. I mean, that's why we retire other than, you know, our bodies saying, all right, that's enough time. But, um, you know, your, your son, I, saying, I, I wish I could throw BP right now. My, <laughs> my shoulder is not feeling it right now. So I'm still trying to rehab basically to try to get back to, to, to throw these guys BP. I know what you're talking about. I remember throwing a first pitch out at a King County Cougars game, and me and my son both, they said, you're going to both throw the first pitch. He threw a strike. I threw it, like, in the left-handed batter's box, <laughs> one-hopped it. My arm's gone in like a turtle into its shell. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to need some rehab. I started going to therapists. I'm like, all right, I want to throw again one day. Let's go. And they worked it out. So you got a couple years. It'll be just fine. Then you can jo- join that over-40 league and, and uh, have a lot of fun doing that. Um, That's good to hear. But you're working out. We see it, yes. dude. You in the gym, you've been getting after it. You've dropped weight. You've leaned out. You look like you could be kicking guys out of bars now if you need to be. <laughs> um, where, where was the motivation? How did that take off? Why were you like, I got to do this? You know what? I mean, I think, I mean, obviously I had the, the heart um, problems uh, uh, December of, of 18. 
um, had the stint put in. And, you know, just me being a bigger guy, I always thought of myself as like an offensive lineman. Um, I needed the weight to pitch to come down the mound. And I just, you know, I just didn't feel what, right if I wasn't pitching that, you know, 295, 300 pounds. And I knew I couldn't live a long life that way, though. You know, I mean, I have four kids and I want to be around for them. And um, I knew, this was always my plan. Once I'm done, you know, pitching, uh, I wanted to lean out, um, you know, try to get ripped, get some muscle and and, and look good on the beach. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been working out harder than I ever have. And it's, it's been enjoyable. I mean, I've, I've been, you know, working out with my son, my wife and, you know, going to the gym a couple times a day. So, um, yeah, I mean, changed my diet, no soy, no gluten. And, and uh, you know, it's really taken off for me. So hopefully I can just keep this up and, you know, continue to lean out and, and be the best version of myself going into my, you know, into my 40s. You're going to start getting calls from Hollywood, you know, at 6'6". Six, six, <laughs> they're going to be like, hey, we need we need a few extras here. Some, somebody's got to step in and, you, and you're just the right guy, man. They don't have <laughs> many... They don't have many guys your size. Yeah. Until they hear me read a line, and then they're like, oh, okay, get this guy off the set. (laughs) All right, just action movies then. You're just going to stick to action movies. Um, We just had Halloween a month ago. You know, uh, last month was Halloween. I know your family. We see it. You guys love Halloween, man. It is so cool, the events that you put on, the Halloween parties. Were you able to do that again this year? I know with the pandemic, it was a little different. You know what? We, we just dressed up. Our family is so, uh, yeah, like you said, we, we're, we're very festive. So every holiday or any chance we get to, to dress up, we're going to do it. Um, my wife was not going to let, you know, this pandemic of 2020 mess up her Halloween. So we all got dressed up, took the picture, and then we just kind of sat around in our costume. But my wife is kind of, you know, she's kind of she's kind of freaking out a little bit because my oldest, this is, next year will be his last year. You know, we always dressed up in these family costumes and you know, our Christmas card's a big deal and all this stuff. And now she's freaking out because he's not going to be here. So, uh, you know, I don't know how she's going to take this these next couple years with him out of the house. Yeah, my mom's still mad I'm out of the house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's good with it. My mom's like, I want you back home. So um, you talked about your wife. Uh, um, you have an amazing family, and she does a lot of amazing stuff with you. And kind of uh, I feel like, you know, when you see it really leads a charge on the Pitch-In Foundation. Your guys' foundation does amazing work, bro. It is so awesome to see what you guys do for the community. Talk to me about how that started, the work that you guys are doing, and what you're doing for the community. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, my wife and my mom and myself started uh, pitching in 2008. And it really just started in our hometown of Vallejo. Me and my wife went to high school together. It started in our hometown and just wanting to give back and do different things. And, you know, we were giving money to different organizations and not seeing the result that we wanted. So, we decided to start our own foundation and, you know, from there, things have kind of taken off. You know, we do the backpack giveaways. We do a big Christmas program um, for kids during Christmas. During this pandemic, we did a lot of stuff um, with Fresh Direct, handing out PPEs and food and different things for families um, that, I, that I knew in the Boys and Girls Club where those kids get those meals at the club, you know, two, three times a day and the club's being closed during the pandemic. I wanted to do something to help those kids out. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a blessing. And, and, you know, my foundation kind of started for me meeting Dave Stewart as a kid. I got a chance to meet him when I was nine years old and it changed my life. And, you know, I just always thought if I was ever in a position to help people or give back or, you know, just kind of do what he did for me and, and you know, set my, my life on a different course. If I could do that for one kid during my big league career, it, it's all worth it for sure. We're sitting down with future Hall of Famer CC Sabathia. And I say future Hall of Famer because you know you're going to the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt so. about it. Yeah, you will. Two, 251 wins, over 3,000 strikeouts. 
um, you know, just an incredible career. But you and I both know we're shaped and we're molded through teammates and coaches. Who were the people that, you know, you leaned on throughout your career, early on in your career, that really helped, you know, make the biggest impressions on you? Oh, wow. So many. Um, coming up in that Indians organization, uh, you know, I just felt like it was a blessing. Um, you know, having Mark Shapiro, he was the uh, farm director when I got drafted. Um, and then we just kind of formed a great relationship. He's like a father figure to me now. I still talk to him all the time. Um, Carl Willis, who's the pitching coach there now, who was my very first pitching coach in 1998. And I mean, this guy taught me everything. Like, I didn't know how to throw a four-seamer. I didn't know how to throw a two-seamer. I didn't know anything about pitching. And Carl literally molded me into what you saw, you know, my whole career. So um, without, you know, that organization or getting drafted to that organization, um, you know, Dick Pohl was, uh, you know, my first pitching coach in the big leagues. And, you know, he would just, uh, he, he was great for me because everybody kind of coddled me going the way up. And as soon as I got to the big leagues, he would just let me have it. Not coach Pohl. Coach Pohl is going to let you know. <laughs> He's going to let you know every time. And it, and it was the perfect thing for me. It was like perfect at that time, what I needed, you know, and I would come out of the, I would come out of innings and, you know, have a one, two, three inning. And he would be up my butt about, you know, a pitch I made, you know, the, the second hitter, the second pitch of the second hitter at that bat, just trying to get me to think through the game. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I definitely think I was blessed being drafted by the Indians and, you know, having, you know, such great people and, and such a great minor league system to come up in. Dude, you go, you go from the Indians, you know, highly coveted the trade deadline, and then you came to the NL Central, which we were just, like, nervous as could be about, and you go to the Milwaukee Brewers, dude. And, like, I know it was this short part of your career, but I don't think I witnessed anybody as dominant in that short period of time as you were. What was it like to be in that zone, dude? You were in the zone. 17 starts, you threw seven complete games. Like, amazing stuff. Yeah, it was just a... Uh... It was a weird time. I, like, for me, it, 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 like, this is going to sound weird, it, it it was all kind of one start, if that makes sense. Like, I was just in one zone. So it was just, didn't matter if I was pitching on three days rest, four days rest, just give me the ball, and I know I'm going to go out there and go six, seven, eight innings. Like, it's, just, it's hard to explain. Um, you know, as soon as I got there, Mike Maddox taught me how to throw a two-seamer, um, and, and, and it just changed my pitch count you know I could get ground balls I was getting double plays um and it, and it was helping me pitch deeper into the game uh I'll tell you this story like I always every time I, I get a new pitch I always take it right into the game you know how guys you know you start playing with a new pitch in the bullpen it takes you three or four you know weeks to take it into a game yep. not me I would I would grab a pitch and I'm like if I if it moved I saw the two-seamer move a little bit I was like man I'm throwing this in the game so I get into the game. Ty Wigginton's the first hitter up. I'm uh, pitching against Houston, and I throw him a two-seamer, hit it off the scoreboard in dead center field in Milwaukee. And I'm like, well, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to use this pitch. Um, but Kendall kept, kept calling it. We kept getting ground balls, and, and that's how I was able to pitch deeper into those games. But if this – I mean, I know it sounds weird, but it was all kind of like one one start, if, yep. if that makes sense. I was just in a zone that much. It wasn't just your pitching, by the way, because, like, you know when you're going over a lineup and you're like, okay, I got to, like, look at the guys that I don't want to let beat me? You know, you're like, yeah. I'm – you were on the I don't want to let beat me list. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 
Ryan Braun and CeCe Sabathia. I'm going to check those two out. You almost took me deep at, at Wrigley one day. I remember that. Left center. Left center. I definitely And Bobby Howery. I'm, I wanted to get Bobby Howery so bad because me and him played together in Cleveland. And he was just throwing me fastballs. Like, and I could tell he was just going to throw me fastballs away, and I popped that up to the to the warning track in, uh, in Wrigley, man. And, and I, I was running back around. And D. Lee was like, what, what you trying to do? I was like, man, I'm trying to leave here every pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after all that, like, you know, that's emotional, right? You go there, you led that team to the playoffs. They made a run at you. Did you think about signing back in Milwaukee? Did that ever cross your mind? No, I really did. I, I loved it there that, that much. Um, I thought about signing back there for sure. I just didn't I just didn't know if we can keep everybody together. Yeah. Um, you know, if I sign there, then, you know, Bronny's got to sign and Prince has got to sign. It would have just been hard, JJ and Corey. I felt like it would have been hard to keep everybody together. So, um, and, I, and at that point in my career, I wanted to win. You know, I had failed in the playoffs in 2007, um, pitched poorly against the Red Sox and the Yankees, um, pitched poorly in 2008 in the playoffs, to be honest. I mean, I pitched good down the stretch, but we get to the playoffs and I pitched bad. So I'm going to the offseason, you know, not wanting, you know, wanting the best opportunity to win the championship. And, and you know, I felt like for, you know, the type of money I was going to get, and to have to be on a better team, this was the only place for me to come to have a chance to win every year. And then you come to New York. You're they're looking for that piece, right? Who's going to help set us over the top? Um, they sign you in that big deal. You guys go to the playoffs. You go to the World Series. You win the World Series. Your first year, best moment of your career. Definitely, definitely yeah. best moment of my career. And that picture right there, me and AJ. That's what I was about to say. It wasn't just me. It was AJ too. You know and. Me and him being able to feed off each other, we had our press conference together. Um, we kind of not took over the clubhouse, but we kind of made it our own clubhouse. You know, AJ with the pies and, you know, me being loud and, you know, how it is. So, you know, we kind of just changed the culture a little bit. Bringing Swish in definitely helped. Um, so, you know, I, I can't just say it was just me, but, you know, looking at that picture and, and seeing me and AJ, you know, we we became extremely close and, um, you know, he helped me out so much, you know, that first year. I think we, we helped each other a lot, out a lot. What, what's it like for people at home who don't know? Because there is a way, right? There's each kind of club has a way, but there's something unique about the Yankees, something special about going to New York and putting those pinstripes on because of the players that were there before you. Um, what's that like when you, when you put that uniform on and you're playing in that ballpark? It is it's hard to explain because, you know, you don't really, outside looking in, it's just all kind of hate, like, oh, they do things this, you got to shave, and blah, 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 blah. But when you get here, you understand, you know, the history and the guys that came before you. And, you know, when I when I got here, Andy and Mo was still here. So, um, you know, and then you got Gidry and, and Goose is in spring training and Yogi's in spring training, Whitey's around. So, you know, you feel the weight of those pinstripes as soon as you step into a, a, the spring training clubhouse. So... Um, and, and, you know, me at that time, I came in highly touted free agent, whatever. And, you know, I'm nine years into my career and first day of spring training, uh, they like bring your running shoes. Out. I'm like, running, I'm not doing no running. I'm going to go in and do like, you know, I'm gonna do some conditioning on the machine in here. I'll do some elliptical, whatever. So we get out there, we're doing PFTP and everything and we're throwing and, and, and after, after all the drills, Mo and Andy grab their running shoes and they going out to center field to start running. And I'm walking in and these guys are, they got four rings already. I mean, these guys are headed to the hall of fame and I'm walking in and these guys are all running. So it just, it just changes your mindset. So guess what I did? I, I walked in, grabbed my running shoes and came right back yeah. out and started running. I ran poles, you know what I'm saying? So 
it just changes your mindset when you come here because everything is about winning championships. Everything is about getting to October and being successful in October. That's a great moment because at the end of the day, you know, sometimes when we get big contracts, we can get complacent and it's up to teammates to kind of just put us in check a little bit. And here you are, then you go win a World Series and then you go on to have, you know, an incredible career in New York. Uh, what made you, why, why stay in New York? Like, right, you're a Northern California guy, you could go back yeah. to California, but you're like, no, we're hunkering down here. You know what, my kids have grown up here. Um, yeah. As much as I, I like to call myself a Cali guy and my wife is a Cali girl, but our kids are Jersey, New York to the core. So there was no way we were moving them, um, especially my oldest. So. Uh, and once know, the Raiders so, left, you're like, I'm good. I, you once know. the Raiders left, and then I can go to Vegas all the time. I'm like, what do I need to go home for? You know what I'm saying? I can just go to Vegas, so I'm, it's all good. But yeah, man, my kids are so Jersey, so West. I mean, so East Coast that it would have been, you know, it would have been a disservice to them. It would have been selfish for us to, you know, be done with my career and then move back to the West Coast. So we love it here, and and I enjoy my time, you know, being in the Bronx with the, with the team, and you know, we talked about earlier being able to be close. Um, being out of the game is, but still having a foot in um, is something that's important for me, for sure. Good for you. Um, family first, always. Uh, we talk about legacies, right? Like you put together a legacy on a baseball field, but legacies are built, too, off the field, and it's the culmination of everything. We talked about your foundation, but um, you, Curtis Granderson, as the president, you as the vice president of the Players Alliance, you guys formed this uh, incredible, amazing group. Um, to better the, you know, the lives of African-American kids and promote, promote it in, in the baseball world. Um, talk to me about what this means for CC Sabathia, the Players Alliance, and what you guys are trying to do and how people can help out. Yeah, it's a super exciting time for us. Um, I don't think any of like, the African-American players that have, have ever been disconnected um, and using all our resources together. I think a lot of us have foundations become, because we come from tough neighborhoods or tough backgrounds. And we have foundations and we do things, you know, separately, but I have everybody come together collectively and, you know, try to help out the community and get more kids um, involved in the game is something that I've been, you know, trying to do my whole career. So to be able to put this together um, and have everybody participate and, you know, some of the great things that we've already done, you know, we got on the Zoom with all of the, you know, the, the, the new draftees and, you know, got a chance to talk to some of the, a lot of those kids. Um, we're doing, we got this tour coming up. Um, we'll pull up neighbor where we had, you remember, you remember in the, in the clubhouse, how everybody would put, um, their gear in the boxes. They would ship it all to DR. Yep. Um, and you know, different places. So we put a box together, um, in every clubhouse where we got equipment from all the, all the guys too. Um, and we're going to be passing that out throughout the country starting December 1st. Um, you know, going around on a tour, um, and, and, you know, hopefully that ends by the end of January and, uh, you know, but, but we're excited, you know, getting into youth baseball space. Um, getting some of these kids back playing. It's not even that getting the kids back playing. The, the kids are playing because I'm out here on the circuit with my son, and I, I'm going to perfect game. I'm going to PBR, and I see all these kids playing. We just got to get them better opportunities, and, um, you know, that's what we're here to do as a Players Alliance. So, you know, Curtis is a smart man. He's from Chicago, um, and, and, you know, I always said that he'd be running for office or running for president, <laughs> but this is this is perfect right here. He's the president of the Players Alliance, and we got him. So, you know, we're excited for what's to come for us. Uh, it's such great stuff, man. What you did on the field, tremendous Hall of Fame, but what you're doing off the field, um, the man that you are, it, it shows, dude. You, you lead by example constantly, and uh, I'm so happy that you stopped by off the mound to, to, to pay a little visit with us. Thanks so much for coming by. Appreciate it, Dem. And I got to say this, too. I, one more story on the way out. Like Everybody always talks about me hitting Sucre and all that stuff when I 
lost the big the, the money and stuff but I, I just remember you you know sticking by what you thought was doing what you what you were doing right and, and you know when we were playing you guys and throwing that A-Rod and, and that, that always stuck with me so that, I took that out there in 2017 when I was playing against Tampa it was the same thing you know what I'm saying so I definitely got to thank you for, for you know sticking to your guns and being who you are and and it, and it, you know, it inspired me to be who I am for sure. Now that was great. To be able to sit down with CC, learn about life, what he's loving, what he's doing. He's going to be bouncing at a few bars in New York City with that physique he's got going now. Always great to catch up with him. To hear more conversations like the one you just heard, please download and subscribe to the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And it's all presented by our good friends at Sloan. Thanks for listening and talk to you later. <laughs>